All right, Mike, so let's start tonight. Uh, it sounds like, based on the show notes that we see, that only that you, only you and I see, sounds mm-hmm. like you owe me a bit of an apology, sir. All right, so uh, a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> I don't owe you an apology, I don't think. <laughs> I just want to let you know that I'm, I'm on your side again. So yes. we spoke about the fact that I listened to ATP, and I found I was in the club of people who were unspoken but existed that thought it was ridiculous that you were really upset about $10 a month charges mm-hmm. for your watch computer to have cell connection in it. Mm-hmm. I've since listened to ATP episode 243, which I think was two episodes ago, two probably like three that. episodes ago by the time that this comes out. Mm-hmm. And you divulged on this show that after taxes and fees which you read the list of those fees, and they mm-hmm. sounded ridiculous. They are. Um, just the things that they're actually making you pay for. Um, you That it was actually $17 a month, which well, I would not pay for. Yeah, so that's only one month, so I want to see how this settles out. But that ah, stands okay. to reason... It stands to reason that that may very well be the recurring monthly charge. So straight up, if I was we'll you, see. like in your, in your shoes, if I, if I was paying $17 a month for this, I would cancel it. I would yeah. keep the watch, right? Because yeah. the watch is still great. And then maybe at some point in the future, I would turn it back on again, like if there was the flexibility to do this. Mm-hmm. But $17 a month is way too much money for this. Like, that is, that's madness. That, it that is. really is silly. That, like, $10 is the impulse buy limit, right? Like, to, sure. uh, $10, like, and if it's $10 or under, like, I'm willing to, 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 you know, be like, oh, okay, right? Like, it's, you know. It's not no money, but it's you know it's money that like in the grand scheme of things over a month, I'm mm-hmm. not going to notice too much, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's that's two Starbucks coffees or whatever, you know, like ten dollars <laughs> is fine. But over that, approaching twenty dollars a month, like yeah. that's getting close to what I pay for my cell phone plan, yeah. right? Like yeah. I'm I'm not I'm no that's it's silly. If this was a device I was using every day, then yeah maybe you know what I mean. Like if I was using it yes. like a, like I use a cell phone, right? But this is my watch, which 95% of the time is pulling its connection from my phone. Sure, but remember that at least three times a week I go for a run, and until it gets too cold, probably three different days a week, potentially, I go to the park with Declan and try to leave my phone at home so I don't look at my phone the entire time. Wait, are you now arguing for $17 now? In a way, like I, I think it's preposterous. I think it's utterly mad to use huh. the Britishism, but I feel boxed because I do feel like it gives me a decent amount of value. I don't think it gives me seventeen dollars wow. worth of value. How, but the, I do. how the tables have turned? Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, I mean, I just know for me, I'm not getting seventeen dollars a month of value out of sure. the LTE connection in my watch because I never leave my house, and when I do leave my house, <laughs> I go to other countries where right, I can't right. use it. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Speaking of other countries, uh, I hear that you actually have news oh, for me, gosh. surprisingly, about New York, <laughs> How, which I was not you know, aware of. I have been sent this like 25 times in the last 10 nope, hours. I have not heard this. Not a bit. Okay. Uh, I'll put a link to Apple Insider. Thank you to everybody that sent this in. The New York Metropolitan Transit Authority, the MTA, has approved a contract to install new turnstiles that support contactless payments. Nice. And they're going to be moving to a... This is very progressive. Um, We don't have this in London strictly. This is a strictly pay-per-use system. No MetroCard is the plan. So it's, you know, in in London, you can do the pay-per-use thing if you want to. um, And we're we're slowly moving towards like, okay, it costs exactly the same, blah, 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 blah. Like, but the, the Oyster Card thing still exists. 
mm-hmm. um, and I don't know of a plan to get rid of it. And the Oyster card is like the refillable pl- like credit card sure, sure. like thing that you get. But this is by 2023, the Metro card will be eliminated completely and all uh, travel will be pay-per-use. Um, and this is going to be phased in. So these will be contactless terminals, like contactless turnstiles, I should say, um, that you'll be able to use your connected devices on. I believe contactless cars as well. I'm assuming that's the case. I, could, I couldn't find anything that like, categorically well, that's said not yes. A, that's not really a thing here. But it will be, I assume, right? Maybe. Like that's it, you know. I mean, we're talking many years into the future here at this point, like five years into the future. Um, installation will begin next year, 2018, of the first turnstiles. All stations and buses will be fully supporting of uh, of this stuff by 2020, with the Metro card being completely eliminated in 2023. So somebody nice. heard my my upset, <laughs> and they moved to fix it. So I'm yep, pleased about that's, that. That's business. Uh, now I'm I'm, inter- I'm interested to see whether or not there'll be any mechanism for like a monthly unlimited plan, if you will, because my vague recollection, and I'm probably wrong, but I thought that with a Metro card, you could pay like a couple hundred dollars or something like that. And you basically get a month unimited use. And it sounds like that's not going to be the case now. So I'm curious to see whether or not. Well, okay. So in London, you, we have travel cards, right? Which is a similar idea, which is you pay an amount of money and you get an amount of rides and it's cheaper than if you bought all the single rides. Right, right, right. So one way that this works in London is now, right? Let's say there there is a cap. There is a daily cap of, of what would be considered a daily travel card, right? So mm-hmm. there is an amount of money that you pay for to get unlimited travel for a day, for example, right? If you use contactless payments enough times that you would exceed that limit, you stop getting charged. So you never pay more than the daily travel card cap. Interesting. Am I making sense? Yeah, I think so. So let's say yeah. let's say it costs one pound per ride on a tr- on a any type of public transport, and the daily travel card costs five pounds. If you took seven journeys in that day, you don't pay seven pounds. You pay five. Because their system just stops charging you, like it, you, you're just cap. Yeah, you, you hit the cap. So there is a possibility for them to do this over a longer period of time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would also thoroughly expect to see a uh, MetroCard app where you can do some of this stuff. Totally. I, w- I would not be surprised if that's a thing that be- that exists as well, where you could buy these things. But yeah, that is happening to the New York subway. Uh, New York, welcome. Um, next year to a better way to move around your city. You're going to be very, very happy with it. Just trust me on that one. And so will Mike. All right. Uh, speaking of happy things, wedding update. Um, we're currently going through choosing florists and stationary designers. Uh, we've got some options back. I have decided to take myself out of the uh, florist discussion. Okay. Because I kind of don't care. Um, <laughs> I, I don't have real opinions about flowers. Uh, problem is, Adina doesn't have super strong opinions about flowers, but she will have more flowers than me. So <laughs> she's going to make the final decisions. She has more opinions about flowers than I do, but neither of us really know what we'd like, want. Sure. So, yeah. We've looked at some companies. We've picked the people that we like, and now she's going to have calls with florists, which... Seems like a kind of futile thing to me, but but apparently this is a thing that you need to do. Um, you you have a telephone or Skype call with the florist so they can understand a bit about. It. I don't completely understand this process. Some of this stuff is very, it's mind boggling to me. 
Um, but yeah, I don't I don't really have uh, much skin in the game when it comes to the flowers because it's the stationery that I care about. Um, we've gotten some options uh, which are interesting for designers, but I know lots of people that are very good at design work, so I'm pursuing some of my own avenues as well um, before we make a decision. And it's mainly because, you know, you, you buy a package with, with designers, and I get that, and it's like you get this many rounds of revisions, etc., 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 and I understand why that stuff has to be capped, but I would prefer to work with somebody where we just agree an hourly rate or whatever and then just go for it, and I feel happier to do that with people that I know and work with, so I'm pursuing some of my own routes there for our stationary design, especially because... I'm handling along with my friend uh, Matt the the paper production, so I know it's going to be tricky f- for me to maybe try and dictate something to a company, right? Like they know they're just doing the design work, but it might be needed in special formats. They might need to pick from a specific color palette. Um, I would prefer to work with somebody where I'm able to have a much more collaborative process than I think I would if I was going to a company that does wedding stationery design all day every day. You know, like yeah. if I can talk to somebody that I'm either friends with or have an existing business relationship with, um, I might be able to get better results. So I'm going down that route first. And if that doesn't pan out, then I'll talk to one of the stationers. Now, when you say stationary, do you mean like invitations or do you mean you're like giving out pads of paper as a wedding favor? No, no. Wedding stationery is invitations. Um, okay. The That's big, what I thought. You know, seating charts and, okay. and okay. Uh, you know, all that. That's the stationery. It's, it's wedding stationery because stationery is just means paper, right? And, and this is the stuff that's going to be on paper. So, Gotcha. All right. Anything else with regard to the wedding? Um, Just I'm really looking forward to what I'm kind of dubbing Mike Con, uh, which will be occurring <laughs> next year. Because I, I, I'm going to talk about traveling a little bit later on in the show because I just came back from Chicago. Um, but I got to spend a lot more time with friends than usual on these types of trips. And it's made me very excited for the fact that I'm going to be seeing basically all of my th- friends for uh, three months in a row. Yeah. Potentially next year for different events. Right. And so I'm very, very excited about that. So with you know conferences and bachelor parties and wedding you know it's going to be it's going to be a busy summer for me and I'm very very excited about that yeah i'm excited too cuz i'll hopefully be invo- hopefully be involved in all three of those things if all goes according to plan so mm-hmm. we shall see speaking of things that might ruin those plans a uh, quick baby update <laughs> uh we went on a, a very mini vacation with Declan uh Aaron Declan and I went on a very mini vacation was that last weekend i guess uh wherein we went to Baltimore which is about a 3 hour drive two and a half to 3 hour drive from where we are uh it's on the other side of Washington DC from where we are uh, I've heard that there's a television show that's been filmed there that's very good. I can't remember what it's called, though. Do you remember what that was called? I think it's called Wiretap. That's it. You're right. That's it. I hear you. And my understanding that. is, like, the first episodes are really awesome. And then, like, I think it's like the third episode is hard to watch, but you've got to push through. It's something like that. I, I don't remember. I tell you what, I still haven't watched past the first season of The Wire because I just did not enjoy the first season. You watched the first season? Mm-hmm. And didn't like it? Hmm. I okay, like, then don't bother. Well, I felt like it was 14 hours of work, and then like one episode, yeah, yeah, it was like, bother. here's the payoff, and then it was that, that was it. Most I'm, people with The Wire, I was one of these people, you need to watch the first couple of episodes so you can get past like the, like, just 
mind-boggling beginning where you don't know what any who anybody is or what anybody's yeah, names yeah, yeah. or like what even, a lot of the time what anybody's even saying mm-hmm. um and once you get past that after the first couple of episodes it starts to get great if you watch the whole first season and didn't like it there is no point in you going back <laughs> truth so anyway uh we went to baltimore uh we did uh friday saturday a little bit of sunday and uh friday uh, Declan traveled in the car like a champion, which is rare for him. Usually he's a pain in the butt in the car. Then he got to, we got to the hotel and uh, he was a little turd. And we, the rest of Friday, he was a little turd. And it's like, you, how do you explain to an almost three-year-old, dude, this trip is largely for you. Yes, it's for Aaron and me or mom and me, but it's for you. Like, buck up and relax. Well, but, what was there for him though? Well, so we went on different uh, ships that we got to visit. Uh, the main attraction on Saturday was the National Aquarium, which is really phenomenal. Okay. Um, so it, most of the stuff we did was for him. Um, is this stuff that he likes, though? Yeah, yeah. Does he uh, like I mean, ships? Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. as much as a three-year-old can, almost three-year-old. Actually, come to think of it, as the, the day this episode is released should be his third birthday if it's released on Sunday, as it turns Happy out. Happy so, birthday, buddy. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, uh, but that was, so Saturday he was great. Sunday he was great. It was just Friday, like the very beginning of the trip, Aaron and I were looking at each other like, geez, should we just go home? Because this is ridiculous. And it's just, that's parenting. You know, here it is. We do all this and spend all this money. Again, somewhat for us, but largely for him. And he's just a little turd. And oh my God, I wanted to kill him. Uh, But anyway, with regard to the baby, uh, we are in the two-week appointment schedule now. So for those who are not aware, once the mom hits the third trimester, uh, then you start seeing the OB every two weeks instead of every month. So we Dang, are now in that phase. Yeah. So now we're in that phase. Uh, when we were there last, Erin uh, was getting her normal examination. Nothing terribly re- uh, remarkable about it. But the doctor says to us, oh, the baby is head down. And Aaron and I, we look at each other, our eyes as big as dinner plates and said, what? Because if you recall, Mike, one of the last things the baby does before it comes out of the mom is it tries to go (laughs) head down. And so we were like, wait, what? Way too early. (laughs) Yeah, this is not good. Because remember, Aaron's not due until January. Now, Uh I guess this was just, I shouldn't say a rookie mistake, but it was a, a forgetful mistake on our part because the doctor immediately informed us that no, that was actually not abnormal. It'll probably flip again. None of this is unusual, but he was just remarking on the baby's current position. You know, yeah, like yeah, to him, exactly. it's like, yeah, he's, today he is facing this way. Maybe next week he's facing another way, right? Yeah, like, exactly. This is just how they go. Man, I can't imagine that amount of movement. That seems oh, it's, wild. It's bananas. Like, uh, periodically, um, Aaron will go out. And then I look over and she's like pushing on her belly because a, uh, a, a like a limb is is flying out or something like, well, I mean, not literally, of course, but like. Especially with Declan, I remember vividly that um, right about the end of her rib cage, we would constantly see what I suspect was a heel, and it would actually poke out of her wow. belly enough that you could tell that it was like a joint or something, like an elbow or something like that. And to my eyes, I always thought it was the the heel of his foot. And so with this baby, it's not quite that pronounced yet, but I mean, there's still a couple of months left to go. But uh, but yeah, it's wild. So. Uh, all in all, things are progressing well. Erin is uncomfortable. She's peeing every five minutes because, uh, as it turns out, and this is not snark and this is not you know me being uh, cheeky, if you will. I'm being serious. Uh, as the baby grows, one of the, the ways that the mom's insides make room is by the bladder just 
never being allowed any space anymore. So, so it's, it's, it's awful. I don't know how women do it because she is, she is using the restroom constantly and this is not unusual. It's completely normal. But if it were me having to go to the bathroom all the time and waking up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom all the time, oh my God, I'd be miserable. But as with pretty much every other woman, she's a trooper and she's doing much better with it than I would if I were in her shoes. Casey corrected me in, in Skype that uh, Aaron's doctor is a woman, <laughs> and I would like to apologize for making that assumption because that was silly of me. That's all good. I didn't tell you one way or the other, and I didn't want to make a big thing of it, so that's why I told you privately. But uh, yes. Yeah, I know, but I'm trying to be better. Yeah, and yeah. I figure shaming myself is another <laughs> way to get better at it. I apologize. No, it's all good. So why don't you make it up to us and tell us about something that's super awesome? I'm not really apologizing to you. It's just more like the world. You know, like I apologize (laughs) to everyone. To everyone Uh, and everything. To everybody. This episode of Analog is brought to you by Balance Open, a free open source Mac app for checking Coinbase. Coinbase is a popular marketplace for cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. And Balance Open is quite frankly the best open source digital wallet to help you keep track of everything if you're not familiar with this that's fine balance wants to help teach you about cryptocurrencies and they're going to do that by starting you on your way if you go to bal.money slash relay the first 1000 people will receive two dollars in the ethereum currency for free as a gift from balance when they go and check it all out and put pop their email address in and they'll give you that two dollars of ethereum back so go check it out today find out more and try out balance open balance are a really interesting company um i know the people there they're really cool and they're kind of they're doing stuff that like i struggle to get my head around but every time i talk to rich there like i understand that the things that they are doing all this cryptocurrency stuff like it is happening and if you spend enough time thinking about these types of things, you realize how all money isn't real. So uh, go check it out today. Find out more and try out Balance Open. That's bal.money slash relay. Our thanks to Balance for their support of this show. All right. Casey, mm-hmm. I think you tweeted this or you sent me a picture of this. I'm not 100% sure. It was in I don't Slack, remember. if I recall correctly. Okay. But I don't remember the context, to be honest. Nope. All I know is that you are finally using some kind of to-do management system. Um, and you have chosen one of my favorite applications called Due, D-U-E. I mean, I knew this as well because you were talking about the notifications on the uh, oh, yes, tech yes, yes. podcast mm-hmm. that is of accidental in nature. Um, <laughs> and I love the Due app. It's great. I use it every single day for things that I want to be bugged about. Like, for example, today I had a task that was reminding me to take out the recycling. Um, I have a task right now that's reminding me to get back into learning Romanian, um, that kind of stuff. So they're the types of things that I keep in due. Very simple, life admin type tasks that need to be completed. And the reason I use due for this is because due will keep bugging you until you do it. Mm-hmm. Which is unlike basically any other to-do app that I've used. Um, there are some that do this type of stuff, but I really like Due for this. And the Due Apple Watch app is easily one of the best Apple Watch apps. Um, it is so freaking good. Um, so it's worth checking out. But I know that this isn't something that you've ever done before. Um, and I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering what's happening in your life that you've now started <laughs> to do. Like even a basic level of, of sure. task tracking. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand that my day-to-day life 
is probably, I would assume, quite a bit different than yours. And I say that because my work life, you know, I have a bug tracking system, which I presume Relay might have something like that for the, for the CMS. Yeah, but that's not my area of exactly like business. But yes, that does exist. Right. So that is my area of business when I'm at work. And so for work-related things, there's already a system to manage to-dos, if you will, right? And you, I assume, have an email inbox, right, at work, yeah. which is a similar kind of thing in mm-hmm. some ways. Yeah, exactly. And and over the last year or so, I've gotten really into using Slack reminders. Slack reminders are really tremendous. Oh, because, I know. You know. And so you can say to Slack, hey, remind me about, and then you can put in a link to a Slack message, you can put in a link to the internet, you can put in any, uh, just text, you can put in any number of things on, you know, tomorrow on Tuesday at three or, you know, it's very, very good at natural, natural mm-hmm. language. And so I, I had started doing that a lot. And I noticed myself occasionally doing that for like, quote unquote, real world things. So I would go to the relay slack and remind myself about something I'm doing in life because uh, relay slack is one of the just couple of slacks that I keep on my phone. And so I knew that it would buzz my phone at, you know, whatever hour when I wanted it, when I wanted to remind myself of something. Well, one of the things that we did for Declan and that we are doing for Sprig is we take a picture of Aaron's belly each week. And even though we never really did anything with it with Declan, I just like having it because I think it's kind of neat. And what I had done with Declan and what I had started doing with Sprig was setting an alarm on my phone. And every, I think it was Monday morning for for Sprig, or it is Monday morning for Sprig, and, and it was Wednesday morning for Declan, uh, for reasons that are uninteresting, I would take a picture of Aaron's belly. But when you have a almost three-year-old, reliably getting the time to take a picture of your wife in, in the morning, which is when we prefer to do it, is very, very difficult. And oftentimes we would miss it. And the problem with an iPhone alarm is that once you miss it, that's it. There's no easy way to reset it or move it or delay it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I I thought to myself, you know what? All I ever hear Mike talk about is D, this DUE app, do. And one of the things he's constantly saying that he loves about it is how it nags you. And man, does that sound terrible in most circumstances. But for Aaron's picture that would be perfect because it will nag me every minute or five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever it is it does. And I have since figured this out, but at the time I didn't know whatever it is it does, it'll nag me about it. And then that'll force me to actually do it. And maybe I should try that out. And this was the first time I had something that I felt like just doing a Jason Snell style calendar entry didn't cut it. Cause generally speaking, if I had it to do that was like temporarily based, you know, that it related to time, I would just carve time out of my calendar to take care of it. And that would be that. But this was, this was the sort of thing that, yes, it does have a time component to it, but that's not, it doesn't really cut it. And so I purchased DUE do, and I started using it for Aaron's um, belly picture. But then I realized, well, I can put recycling in here and I can put other things in here. And one of the best features of do, I I cannot agree with you enough. (sighs) Hashtag Mike was right. Is that, is that the nagging feature, nagging and delaying the combination of the two is tremendous. So if I miss taking the picture of Aaron in the morning, but I know that today is just a wash and it's not going to work out. One of the things I can do either on my watch or my phone is I can say, just delay a day. Just just leave me alone for a day. Did you set up the custom time intervals on those notifications? 
I don't recall if I did on the delay, but but we will come back to the other piece that really drove me nuts about do that I have since fixed, but I didn't know I could okay. at first. Because you can, on the notifications, even on the watch notifications, well, they, they carry over from phone to watch. Gotcha. You can, on the on the push notification, you can press it. You know, yeah, yeah. Or you can get it on the watch and you can be like, oh, remind me in 30 minutes, remind me tomorrow or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can set custom times. So if you gotcha. like, so for me, I have 10 minutes, 30 minutes and a day. Because okay. they tend to be how I deal with those things, but mm-hmm. that's one of the great features of it is you can not only can you do these like oh the notification comes and you can just from the notification say remind me in X amount of time. Right, right. You can also set up time intervals that work best for you. Right. Yep. That makes sense. So as I'm doing this, I start realizing that there are things that recur every week that a lot of times a phone alarm is sufficient for, but. Sometimes it isn't, especially because uh, some of these things, maybe the alarm goes off, and I don't want to handle it that minute, but I want to handle Phone it very, very soon. are only sufficient for waking you up in the morning. <laughs> that is the one job for a phone alarm. Uh, I understand your point. It actually did work for me for some things. Not a lot, but for certain things. But the more I thought about this, the more I realized I can pump more and more and more things into do. And the other thing that was nice about it is I have a terrible memory. And so a lot of times I would come up with something and I would think, oh, I should do that tomorrow. But I wouldn't really have any receptacle for that information. I would just have to roll around my head. And for the most part, I was pretty good at remembering that because I would like repeat it to myself for half an hour or something. No, no. Hold on. But it occurred to me. Maybe I need a vessel to place all these little thoughts in. You need and the off brain, my friend. Mm-hmm. And do is very good about very quickly taking a reminder that you need to do later mm-hmm. on. Natural language entry. Natural mm-hmm. language entry. The problem with do, though, and before you interrupt me because you already know the answer, so just walk this journey with me. The problem with do is that the way you enter a new item in do or the default way of doing it is is you hit the little plus button and then there's like this Mm -hmm. panel that comes up if i remember i'll put it in the show notes but i may not remember um i should make a do entry for this but anyway uh, there's a panel that comes up and it's it has a text field where you can say you know take take the the milk to work or something like that i don't know why i'm taking milk to work but whatever anyway take the milk to work and then you have options like 9 a.m tomorrow or in an hour or then you can do it's very clever, actually. You can hit plus one hour, and you so you could do like you know, as we're recording this, it's it's almost eight o'clock at night. So I could just mash plus 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 until I got to the right time tomorrow. But that's very inefficient. And what I didn't like about it was, I found that I was having to mash the plus one hour or like plus one day minus an hour minus an hour minus an hour minus an hour minus an hour. Yeah, that would suck. It was very frustrating. And then after having started to really get to like do quite a bit. It was only after a couple of weeks that I finally went spelunking in the settings and realized, oh, oh, you can set custom entries for this. So I have a custom entry for like roughly the time I'm walking out the door in the mornings. Um, Yeah, they call it quick access times. So when you go into to add an event. So for me, for example, I have a grid of uh, 12 entries. And on the top row, there is 9.30, 12, 6.30, and 10, which are time frames that I've chosen that I like to put this stuff in for. So I can just hit those 
right? So I could say like, oh, take the milk to work and I can hit 9.30. But if, so then I could just set it for 9.30. But if I then want to set it for 8.30, I can hit the 9.30 button, then minus yep. one hour yep. right from the other grids. So like, it's like you can set it all up to work and you can customize all of that, right? Like the times and the time intervals. Um, so that's that's really great. But this isn't the best way to enter item into do anyway. The best way is to just be on the main screen. You pull mm-hmm. down and just start typing in natural language. That's the best way to enter. What? Whoa! Yeah. I didn't even know. You that just was a start thing. typing. So you would just say, "Take milk to work at seven p.m." You hit Whoa. enter, and then it just fills it all in for you. Oh, you! Fancy. This is how it works with the Apple Watch app, right? Because you're just speaking to it. It already has natural language entry. Huh, I did not know that. Well, anyway, so uh, that's super cool. But uh, but yeah, this grid thing, like it's very hard to paint a word picture about it, but it's super, super nice. And so what I did was I set up basically before I leave for work, after I'd been at work long enough that, I've, that I'm settled and ready to actually conquer something, after Declan is all in bed and ready and, you know, my, my, my Declan duties are all taken care of, and then basically right before I climb into bed. Those are the four times that are kind of the four windows of opportunity for me to take care of something small. Because usually if I'm putting something in do, it's something that's not terribly time-consuming. It's just something that I need to remember, and I need to remember it at one of those four times. And just like Mike said, then you can plus-minus an hour or, you know, plus-minus 10 minutes or however you set it up. And so all in all, I've really, really liked this amount of to-do management because all I'm really doing is offloading things I don't want to forget but are not that inherently complex. And I I see in the show notes, uh, Mike has asked, you know, what's stopping me from doing something more? Um, a few do- different things are stopping me. Uh, number one, I'm kind of fearful of the magnitude of like a Todoist or something like that, which is maybe silly, but it just seems No, no, it is more big. complicated. It's, it's vastly more complicated. Considering how simple things are right now, depending on how you want to do it, if you just want to keep one long list of stuff, it's easy. But, you know, there are many things in there. There are projects. There are tags. There right. are like, you know... There's a lot more. It's like repeat, like different ways of entering repeats. It's it's much much bigger, but you know I know that from my own personal um, experience, you don't have to right now be feeling like this system could be perfect for you, which it probably is because you were going from so. nothing to this, mm. which is a huge upgrade. But I would expect at some point, some move into something like a Todoist will make sense because what Maybe. I'm telling you right now, let me tell you right now. You are gonna put more and more stuff into this thing. The more that you realize what you are able to get out of your brain, the more it starts to build. And at a certain <laughs> point, you're gonna end up with like. So you know, I, I won't. Uh, I want to. You know, I, I don't want to go Gary the the privacy clown on you right now. But you have some some things in your future task that are to do with your website, which you're booked in for sometime later on in this year mm-hmm. and i bet that when you do it you're probably going to want to set that again for next year right because why not so you don't have to remember you will start to add more and more stuff like that like things that are happening in a month's time or things that are happening in three months time or things that happen one time next week but you want to make sure you definitely don't forget it when you start adding more and more and more of those in which i honestly believe you will whether you think you will or not i believe that you will do this um once you start adding a lot of those sort of stuff in, then it might be worth looking at something like Todoist or OmniFocus um, or things or something like that for your future. Because Maybe. at the point where it's not a uh, simple, repeatable task, 
um, there is a lot more benefit to be found in using a, a better organizational system. So that is just my bet, just based upon how much stress this is going to take away from your life because you will have less things in your mind. You won't have to feel like you need to remember because your system takes care of it. I understand that. I think, though, the difference between you and me is that the only sort of big project-like things I'm oft to do happen at work where I have a different – it's a terrible system, but a different system for that. Um, and this, I don't really have – very many projects. I'm, I'm, I know it sounds like I'm hanging on the word and that's not really the point, but what I mean is there's very few things that aren't like a one shot. Like the thing that's in my in my uh, screenshot here, which may or may not make it to the show notes, is I need to renew the, the SSL cert for my website. Okay, I'll put this in the show notes and I just didn't know if you were cool. Yeah, no, no, that's it. fine. Um, and, and I need to renew that certificate. And yes, that does happen every year, but it's like a half an hour thing that happens every year. Like, And, and that's the kind of thing that I expect to need to track. I don't really do massive projects. Like, I don't think I would ever get delineated enough in a blog post that I'm going to need to say, just for the sake of conversation, like, write the introduction, write the thesis, write the first phase. People do that. But say stuff like, okay, so a couple of things for for your extracurricular activities, right? So for ATP... You do show notes, right? I assume you go in and add some stuff to show notes or whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't think you do a. You write all the notes after the fact, don't no. you? No, I do it as, as we're recording. Yeah. Okay, so you write. Okay, fine. But like, so say for this show, you do the uh, the edit, right? Mm-hmm. On the day that you're doing the edit, does it do you, does it keep popping up in your brain? Like, oh, uh, gotta get the edit done today. It oh, does. Get the edit done today. Some, but it's really that I just. Usually I'll take the next day off. So we, re- we typically record Tuesdays. Usually Wednesday I'll just let it go. And then and then I just remember Thursday and Friday mornings, that is the time that I need to get through the analog edit or I am okay. screwed. Well, this is it. I'm just trying to give you an example of just like, let, let's yeah, just say yeah. that that type of, any type of thing like this, where it's like it, mm-hmm. you, you can pay attention to the things that you're realizing that you keep reminding yourself of during a day. Like, oh, can't forget to do that. Mm-hmm. These are the things that go into your to-do manager. And, yeah. and once you get into a rhythm with this stuff, you will find yourself, I honestly believe you'll find yourself adding more and more. And when it gets to that point, when you're scrolling that do list, uh, maybe it's time to, to look at a different system. But we'll see. You may never get there. But I'm just happy you're doing this because I really think that it is healthy for a lot of people to to be able to trust a system to remind you of some basic tasks rather than you having to keep them in your brain all the time. Yeah, I will wholeheartedly say that if you're like me where generally speaking, you don't really let that much slip between the cracks and you generally speaking feel like you have a pretty good handle on things and the thought of like an OmniFocus or Todoist just makes your skin crawl. This is a really, really great half, or not even halfway, but like a really great way to get you a lot of the perks. I would even say ignorantly, pretty much all of the perks because sitting here now, I don't feel like I need those other perks. Again, maybe you'll be right. Maybe I'll change my tune, but it gets you a lot of the perks with little to no overhead. All you need to do is say, Hey, remind me in a week. And the other nice thing about do that we didn't exactly mention explicitly is that it does really well with reminders. So recycling, uh, ask ATP, which I need to, I'm trying to do better about, uh, figuring out what questions we should answer because it had been kind of John's problem. And I'm trying to make sure that John doesn't do any research or homework or anything. Um, 
So apparently you didn't let him. So yeah, exactly. So I'm trying not to let him anyway. So stuff like that, it's very good with, and I definitely recommend do, I forget how much it costs, but it is not that terribly much money. It's the cost of like a coffee or a couple of sodas when you go out to eat. It's really not bad. And I definitely recommend it. Even if you only use it for a few things. I mean, the screenshot that we'll put in the show notes, it's something I, I closed it, but it's like 10 items. It's not that much, but it makes a, it's not even 10, but it's a, it, it makes a big difference and makes it easier for me to not have that, that mental like burden of remembering these things. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Lino. They have fast and powerful hosting options that you can get set up in just seconds. Their tools are easy to understand, and they let you choose your resources and Linux distro, giving you the power and flexibility that you need. And Lino plans start at just $5 a month for a Linux server with one gigabyte of RAM in the Linode cloud. With industry-leading performance, native SSD storage, access to a 200 gigabit network, Intel E5 pro- processors, they really have the best stuff on the market today. Linode have nine data centers spread across the world, meaning you can serve your customers quickly. They have an API that allows you to easily automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud. Linode has super simple scaling, allowing you to resize your servers in just a couple of clicks, and everything is manageable via the command line, if that's your if that's your bag, if that's where you like to spend your time. All of Linode's pricing tiers feature hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backup and node balancers. Linode has great pricing options available. You can get a one you get a server with one gigabyte of RAM for just five dollars a month, sixteen gigabytes of RAM for sixty dollars a month. That's where they go up to right at the top. And that is a lot. That's a lot of RAM for a great price. Linode offer twice the amount of RAM that you will be getting for for your money elsewhere. They have great, great options available. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash analog, you'll be supporting us and also getting $20 towards any Linode plan. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go right now to linode.com, that's L-I-N-O-D-E.com slash analog to learn more, sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit, or use the promo code analog2017 at checkout. Thank you to Linode for their continued support of this show. So you were just in my once great nation, maybe not so great anymore. Uh, but anyway, you were here. Uh, you're still Chicago. great. There's still a lot of great stuff about America. There, there is. There is. You're in Chicago, uh, which is a city mm-hmm. that I used to live very near uh, and I had visited just a couple of months prior. Unfortunately, the timing was not better. But uh, tell me about this. What, what were you up to? Why were you there? Uh, how much pizza did you eat, etc.? It started off because of going to the release notes conference. We then bolted on uh, a live pen addict um, and then a live connected. So, yeah, there was lots of reasons for why I was going. Release Notes is a conference, uh, was a conference that I attended. Uh, Federico Vitici, my good friend, was speaking. It was one of the reasons I wanted to go to see him, and I also wanted to visit Chicago for a while. Um, and it was a great trip. We were there for a week. Um, so Release Notes started on, I'm going to say Monday, or like Sunday night, Monday, something like that. Mm-hmm. But we got there on Wednesday, Wednesday oh, wow. or Thursday. I don't remember the exact timing. We, uh, I think we got there on uh on Thursday because we did the pen addict on Friday um, at release notes. So that was fantastic. Um, Oh, at field notes, everything has a notes in it in Chicago. (laughs) We did the pen addict at field notes. So we recorded live um, with Jim Kudal and Brian Bedell. Um, It was me and Brad recorded with them and it was a 
great episode. One of the best episodes of The Pen Addict ever. Like, it was a real marquee episode for us. It's something that we have wanted to do for years. Like, to go to Chicago, to go to the Field Notes office and record an episode with them. Um, It beautifully just coincided with their 10th anniversary. Nice. Like... And they even did something that they never did. They revealed some information about an upcoming edition. Now, if you know anything Ooh. about Field Notes, they're almost Apple-like with their secrecy. Um, but they, they gave us that because they're amazing. So, yeah, if, if that is such a thing that interests you, you can go and listen to it. Uh, but, yeah, it was a really, really great discussion. And, my word, their office is wonderful. Like, it is <laughs> so, so beautiful there. Um, they just have like a fantastic space. Uh, and then they were gracious enough to um, open their doors in the evening. Uh, and we had like a open house slash meetup, which brought in, um, we, had, we had a small audience for the show. It was like 25 people because we had limited space for seats. Uh, but yeah, then we had like a big kind of meetup slash open house in the evening, which was awesome. We got to spend time with a lot, a lot of listeners and they, you know, Field Notes said they have many of their own fans that live in and around the area, so it was a real great mix of people. Um, this was just like a great high point in the, the history of the Pan Addict, so like that was that was amazing. That's awesome. Um, and then, you know, everybody starts arriving into town, so like Stephen was already there at this point, and then Jason Snell came by as well, and John Voorhees, uh, he lives in Chicago. And so we were kind of hanging out as a bunch, uh, as a group together there, and then um, one of the guys who writes for Federico, um, Max Story, his name's Alex. He was there a bunch. Yeah, there was a, there was a nice group of us. We were hanging around. Like um, Stephen and Jason had a really very roomy Airbnb, so it was good for just hanging out, and hanging out in a way that I don't usually get to hang out with my friends when we're at these types of events because there's stuff going on. But release notes is pretty chill. Um, you know, like they they don't plan loads and loads and loads of events, and there's not like because it's just the one conference. It's not like a WWDC. There's not like ancillary events going on in the evening. So we kind of just got to spend a lot of time together, which was very nice. Um, and it, I, and also having arrived a few days beforehand, like before everything kicks off, we also got a lot of time that way. So that was really good. Um, and then on Sunday night, we recorded our very first live episode of Ungeniest. Nice, which I've heard, and it was good. It went really well because there was a sh- strong belief, mostly from me, that it could have just been a disaster. Like, I had no idea if the format of that show was going to work in a live environment. Yeah. Because it's it's very different. You know, like, it, we've, we've, we're reading a lot of it because there's statistics and there's figures that we have to make sure we get right. Um, so, you know, like, we... we Stephen spends a lot of time putting all of the notes together and we still needed to be able to read from them. So I didn't know how it was going to feel, how people would react to like the two of us reading a lot like from our devices. But we do make, you know, we, we, we ad lib stuff. We make jokes and comments in the show anyway. Um, and that stuff worked even better um, with one, the added context of being in the place because we did it about a Chicago thing. It was about um, sure, sure. a ship called the SS Eastland. And also, there was people there, and people could laugh at what they found funny. And then when people laugh at things that they find funny, you know what people find funny, so you keep making similar <laughs> jokes. Yeah. Um, but it worked really well, and this this was – if this worked, it was going to – it's hopefully going to set into motion a plan that I have, which is that if me and Steven are ever in the same place 
and there is a live show happening, we will do a live on Genius nice. about the place. So, like, you know, we might do one in San Jose. We'll do one in Atlanta. Like, if there is a live show occurring, we can do an on Genius about a thing that is unique to the place that we're in. Mm-hmm. which I'm very excited about. So that came out really well, um, and that was a good episode. Uh, I'll put links to all this stuff in the show notes. Then straight after that, we did a live Connected, which is the best live show that I've ever done, in my opinion. Um, it came together so well. We had a really good time there was a bunch of just like hilarious stories like that we never could have expected. Yeah, I was really, really pleased with how that show came out. Um, Stephen did some funny stuff. He had some surprises for us. We were all being silly, like, and but also had some really great discussions as well. It was a really excellent mix, um, and I think it might be like the best kind of in front of an audience show that that I've ever been a part of. I uh, I have I have to stop you there because I listened to this I believe while I was running. And two things struck me about that episode. Uh, first of all, I thought it was stunningly good. And I probably would say that just to be a nice guy, but no, really, it, it was seriously good. And Stephen, I believe it was on Connected, maybe it was on Genius, but I thought it was Connected, that Stephen was unusually funny even for Steven. Like, I actually think Steven... Steven's a funny guy. I don't know what happened to him. But he was in rare form in the best possible way. Mm -hmm. And I was... Uh, not literally, of course, but I was rolling listening to him on con- on connected because uh, there like there, uh, the obvious stuff, which I don't want to give it away, but there was like a shtick that that happened that was a surprise, which was f- very funny. But a lot of his like one off one liners, and I can't think of a great example. Yeah. And even if I could, it would ruin it. But a lot of his little one offs were just hilarious in a way mm-hmm. that that he he can and does do but i don't know what it was about this episode but he was on fire and it was tremendous i think the store the stars kind of aligned for steven yeah like in that like he'd or he done this big thing that he'd been planning which people received very well then like he was telling some jokes and people were laughing a lot and then i think like that it all just kind of worked out for him like yeah. it was the perfect night because we were all saying like afterwards about like how hilarious he was mm-hmm. um he kept stealing my jokes as well before i could say them uh <laughs> which was very frustrating to me but was also another testament to how quick he was is that yeah. i couldn't get my jokes out before he was getting them out uh so yeah it was he was hilarious federico had some crazy stories uh i walked away from the microphone for a little while um yeah it was it was wild and and like you know i we've done you know something like um relay con san francisco in 2016 when we did that like big variety show Mm -hmm. that was that was really good but it was such high pressure for me that like i couldn't enjoy it like there was so many moving parts and it was the biggest audience that i'd ever been in front of um it was just like a really high pressure environment and I, because I kind of felt like I was presenting a variety hour, right? Which is exactly sure. what it was, but it was like there were so many things that could have gone wrong. None of them did, and it was great, but it was very different to this one, which is where I mean, it's the first time that the three of us have ever done a live show because the relay con thing, like we were on stage together for like 10 minutes, right? Um, so it's the first time we've ever got to do a full episode of the show in person. Um, in like the gosh knows how many years we've been recording together uh and it was you know just a a nice room of people um it was maybe like 100 people in the room or something like that and it was relaxed and we had a good time so i and i really really enjoyed it i think it came out super well 
So I was very, very happy with that. Yeah, but that wasn't the only thing you did there, right? No, we did two two others. So upgrade, um, which is just this we recorded in an Airbnb. Me and Jason, rec- I record in person with Jason more than anybody else. Like multiple episodes a year, we do in person, just because we tend to be in the same place when we're both not at home, right? So we just, that just seems to be mm-hmm. the way that mm-hmm. it is. But then I also got to participate in uh so whilst connected may have been like my favorite live show that i ever have ever done um being on dubai friday is one of my very favorite podcast experiences that i have ever had it may have been like the most fun i've had behind a microphone if that makes sense as opposed to like something being the best you know uh we were invited um onto dubai friday and Dubai Friday is one of my favorite podcasts, so it was like a great honor to be on the show. Um, I loved trying to keep up with Max and Alex and Merlin's jokes, right? Like I, I <laughs> tried my best to try and be funny and to keep up with them. And I was pretty proud of how, I mean, I listened back to it. I was pretty proud of how I came out. I think I did a, I think I did a, good, jo- a good job. I got a couple of uh, the last line-ins before they play the jazz uh, transitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was pretty proud of that. Because yeah. me and Adina listened to it together. Because Dubai Friday is Adina's favorite podcast. Um, so it was also nice to be on something that she truly uh, enjoys. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> she listens to this show and I'm sure that she oh, likes it. I see how it is then. But I don't know if she would listen to this show if it wasn't for the fact that she's getting married to me and she's a friend of you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if she would listen, but she listens to Dubai Friday and loves Dubai Friday um, because she thinks that the show is amazing, right? Like, so it was, it was fun for me to be there. um, And uh, if you, you should be a a subscribe to their Patreon campaign, but I was talking about it in their Patreon only episode about like, it's a true honor for me to finally be on an episode or something that, 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 that Adina really likes um so I I just loved being on Dubai Friday and we ate a bunch of pizza and the pizza was mostly all good uh it was yeah (laughs) it it was great it was great this was just like a big podcasting walkabout that I took through Chicago yeah that's true actually uh I love Dubai Friday and I had the 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 luck and, and pleasure and honor of visiting the Cards Against Humanity offices, uh, thanks to Alex and Max, when we were in town, but we didn't record an episode or anything like that because we're not as fancy as all you guys are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did take us to a very lovely lunch, and uh, we got to see their offices, which are tremendously cool. And mm-hmm. we got to see the studio, which I don't really know anything about the equipment that I use. I, I, it's I mean, serious. Uh, like, I feel like I use pretty serious equipment for an at-home studio, but it is not even in the vicinity mm-hmm. of what these these yeah. folks are using. Like, even I could tell as an ignorant person, oh, some money went into this studio. <laughs> My mm-hmm. word. It's really good. It's really, really good stuff. And they have, like, an engineer's booth and everything. Like. Yeah. It's yeah, it's great, and yeah, it it was so much fun to be on that show. We really, really had a good time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I was super jealous. All right, so tell me about Chicago in general, because we've talked about New York, we've talked about London. We both love New York. We both love London. I think we briefly discussed Chicago after I had come back, and and I I very much liked Chicago. Um, I, I thought it was very very nice. I thought it was a really lovely city. So what did you think? Oh, I loved it. It was great. Like it had the great big big city vibe that i enjoy great mm-hmm. food lots of culture 
ton of hipster areas. Oh, um, right up your alley. You know, like it, it, nice hotels. Like it was, yeah, I really loved it there. Like the, you know, the financial district downtown area was really cool. Um, they have some good like outdoor art stuff, right? The Bean was called cloud, cloud Gate. The Bean is really mm-hmm. cool. Um, getting around the city was fine. Uh, you know, taking lifts and stuff everywhere was great. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really liked it. People were very friendly, very friendly. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, it was my kind of town for sure. Like definitely. Um, I, I really, really liked it there. How did you end up at Cindy's rooftop? John took us there. Okay. Because when we were there, we talked to the hotel concierge or bellhop or whatever it was. I, I don't think it was a fancy, fancy enough hotel to necessarily have a concierge, but you know what I mean? And the gentleman had recommended Cindy's as a really great place for brunch. And we went and it was, one of my favorite things that Aaron and I did because it's it's this rooftop uh, I'll say cafe but that that I don't think is a very good ju- uh, description I don't know if you have a better one but a rooftop restaurant and um, and it overlooks what it's Millennium Park or Cloudgate or whatever, whatever the name of that park is where the yeah. beam is I know that that's not the appropriate Chicagoan terminology and I apologize but you get the idea and it just it overlooks that in Lake Michigan and it's uh, it's a really 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 awesome location and i thought the food was very good and it was also neat to be able to see a great lake like i was trying to explain to aaron because it occurred to us i think on the plane on the way there that she'd never seen any of the great lakes before or perhaps if she had it was so long ago that she didn't really remember and if you've never seen a great lake in in america like the these are called great lakes because they look like oceans i mean just standing on the edge of it you don't see the other side like they look tremendous and to, to me anyway it looked like a darn ocean and and i I don't think either of us was really prepared to to see it from from up high. You know, it's 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 a really tremendous and, and awe inspiring thing to see. Yeah, it turns into a bar at night. I mean, when there was a bar. Okay, um, I will say that like most times that I really love a place, it's because I get to spend time with somebody who lives in that place, so they take yeah. you to the yeah, places yeah. that they like to go. And you know, we we're John Voorhees and John lives in Chicago, so it definitely helps. Like I I like to have a tour guide um, when I go somewhere. Um, if you can be shown around by a local, it's always a it's, it's always a good touch. Yep. But yeah, it was it was it was exactly what I wanted. The things that I wanted to do, the things that I was excited about, were great. You know, like visiting field notes, visiting cars against humanity. Like these are things that I really wanted to do, um, and just to experience another big city. It was really really great. I loved Chicago. I loved my trip. Um, I'm really 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 happy that we did it. Good. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. Um, and so now I'm going to America next month and then the month after that as well. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. But then I don't think I'm doing anything until the spring. Wait, wait, you're going point. November and December? Yes, yes. What's in December? PodCon. Oh, because I, I asked because it's so close to like the holidays and whatnot. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, which, do, which does remind me to just say at this moment, and I am going to talk about this a bunch. If you are interested in going to PodCon, you should go to PodCon. I'm going to be doing things for PodCon, um, which I think people might enjoy. Uh, but there is one thing that, like, just I just want to just put this out there for now. I will have more details about this later. <sighs> they have assigned me time for a signing, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be doing a signing. I am worried <laughs> about people attending the signing, <laughs> i.e., will there be anybody that comes? Sure. So if you are interested in going to PodCon, do that. 
you should. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. There's, there's going to be some really interesting things going on. So if you're in and around the area or you want to travel in for whatever reason, I think you should do that. Um, and if you are going to PodCon, I will be doing a signing. I will have more information. And I'm also going to be doing something. I'm going to get like a poster printed or something. So if you just come, I will give you the thing and then you can leave. That's all I want. I just want it to be that I'm not the only person sitting at the booth and no one's there. Uh, this is a great fear I have in my life right now um, because a lot of the shows that I'm going to be in and around, they're, they're a lot more... Um, there are a lot more general interest mass market shows than the types of shows that I do. So I'm I'm scared about this, Casey. That's <laughs> what I'm going to say. That. I can understand that. All right, so go so, check it out, people. Yeah, podcon.com. Um, it does actually look like a great, great couple of days. So if you're, if you're in and around the Seattle area, please come by and hang out and uh, I'll hug you if you want that. <laughs> um, wow. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Just please come to the signing. All right, we have to blast through a uh, really quick Firefly uh, viewing club, but before we do, why don't you tell me about something else that's awesome? Squarespace. Enter the offer code FEELS at checkout, and you'll get 10% of your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace to let you easily create the website that you have for your next idea or the website that you need for your next idea. With a unique domain name, award-winning templates, and more, Squarespace should be the next place that you go for that project that you want to put online. Whether you want to create an online store, portfolio, or blog, or just about any type of website, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that will give you all of the tools that you need to do it. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace, they've got you covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They really do let you show off your ideas in beautiful ways thanks to those award-winning templates, which I cannot speak highly enough about. Their plans start at just $12 a month. You can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com and use the offer code FEELS at checkout and you'll get 10% of your first purchase and show your support for this show. Our thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. All right, so Firefly Viewing Club, episode 12, The Message. What did you think? Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> this one, I mean, it didn't get me, Casey. Like, uh, yeah, I actually found myself maybe for the first time a little bored during yeah. this episode. I, I can I can see that. I should be all hot and bothered by it, or I guess not hot and bothered, but you know what I mean. Like, I should be all upset by this, but I don't know. Like, I feel like this one. It had a somewhat interesting premise, but I just feel like it didn't quite click the way I wanted it to. And I wish I could be more specific than that. I'm, I can't figure out how to verbalize it, but I just feel like it it never quite got its feet under it. Is that a fair way of saying it? Like, does that make sense to you? Yeah, I mean, really, like, the the war flashback is not required. Like, to do what they needed to do with that, all they needed to do was just say that that he was in the that they they were in the war together. Mm-hmm. Like the war, honestly, I it lost me at that point. Like so it was pretty early on, but I was just like, I don't need to see more of this. Like this is where the effects don't hold up. It just looks like there is a war inside of a room, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, all like there are special effects in this episode, as I even noted. Right, they're doing that chase scene with the ships later mm-hmm. on. It looks fantastic, mm-hmm. but like the practical effects, whenever they've been doing the war stuff, just looks cheap to me. Yeah. Um, like it almost looks like that they are doing this inside of a laser tag arena. <laughs> like that's kind of how the war stuff looks to me. <laughs> so offensive, um, but it, that you're right though. You are right. <laughs> So it's you know um you know it's like whatever like I enjoyed the 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 Simon Cayley stuff um you know th- th- he kind of bungles everything what does he say you're the only girl in the world <laughs> you're literally right, like trying the to only, make a joke you're literally the only girl in the world oh, it, yes oh come he on, is, Simon. he's trying to make a joke but it's so, oh my god it's he's so trying hard. to flirt right yeah, yeah, like yeah. he's trying to be cute but it did not succeed um. And I, I liked at least that there was some continuity in the fact that they were on this Blade Runner-looking planet to sell the gun that they'd got in the previous episode. Because mm-hmm. there, there's like this weird continuity stuff with, with Firefly, where sometimes it really matters, and sometimes it doesn't matter at all. Sure. I was kind of happy for just a light touch with continuity. I mean, it doesn't help for the fact that there was all the problems that the show had and the fact that its continuity was just ripped out from under it, you know, and I, and I get that, but it was nice to see some of that going on. Um, I, I don't even really know what to say about this. Like, I wasn't invested in the guy. What's the guy's name? Tracy? Mm-hmm. Because even though we have already had a couple of characters come back in the show, right, from previous episodes, there was just something about the way he was brought into the show where I was like... He's not making it past this episode. <laughs> Fair. So, like, I knew there was kind of no point in me trying to be involved in him because I knew that I wouldn't be seeing him again. Plus, with where we are in the series now, I'm assuming we're not going to see anybody again, right? Because we're kind of rounding out this one-and-done season that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't really... I don't really have much to say about this one, Casey. Like... The chase was good. I mean, you know, the fact that it there was like flirting central between Tracy and Kaylee, like, is interesting. <laughs> but now that guy's dead, so that doesn't matter, yeah, right? Yeah. He's dead now. And plus, the fact at the point that he tried to start killing everybody and then took her hostage, I think he kind of ruined that. That kind of ruined any of that, right? So that didn't really do anything for me because it's like it doesn't really say anything about Kaylee because she's annoyed at the guy that she likes. And this new guy comes and he's attractive and they have a spark, so she flies with him, right? Because she's just like, here's, here's like, you know, this guy seems fun. But it doesn't really affect Simon and Kaylee's rela- on and on again, off again relationship, which at this point we may not even get any payoff for um, because they might be saving it for season three, right? So we're going to, you know, wait to see on that front. People know all they don't about this, like whatever. Shepard right, right. uh, Book came to the rescue because he worked out. Mm-hmm. that the agent was operating outside of the law he was showing some more of his skills in recognizing that there was that, that this this agent the agents that were chasing them looking for the guy Tracy because he was basically a drug mule for human for advanced human organs um they didn't check in they didn't make any radio signals when they landed on the planet, which probably meant that this guy was going rogue, like he wasn't keeping, you know, he wasn't keeping in check with the agency, which probably meant he was doing a side job. So again, it's like it's great that book worked that out and then performed the standoff, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Jane got his hat. Oh yeah, I forgot. I almost forgot about that. You're right. Now, were you aware yeah. of the hat? I don't recall. I actually was aware of the hat last week because someone mentioned it. 
offhandedly and I didn't know what they meant. And then I looked it up. I was like, I don't know what this means. Like, I'm sure it will come up at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the hat is there. My understanding is that hat is pretty problematic now because of, uh, what is his name? Adam Baldwin. Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like there, there's now a problematic piece of clothing because of him, which I took, I kind of get, like I get that. Uh, but yeah, the hat was dumb. Uh, I, I don't really, I mean, what are they doing? Like, why does Jane wear the hat now? Like, it's funny, like, but is he going to wear the hat always now? And like, what does that do to his character? Like, it makes like the, the tough character, are they trying to humanize him? I don't know. This episode just it lost me in a bunch of ways, man. There was no interesting Anara stuff in this episode, um, which is you know she's my favorite character, and she didn't really play any big parts in the episode, right? Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like I, I don't really feel like she had any significant part to play. Yep. Um, yep. This was mostly focused on Mal, Zoe, and this guy Tracy. Yeah, and then Tracy died, and they took his body home, and Simon and Kaylee are holding hands at the end. Yeah, so I don't have the name handy, and I apologize to the listener that brought this to my attention, but it was like a week ago, and and it's buried within Twitter. But somebody pointed out to me something that I don't think I knew, which was that this was the last episode they filmed. Or if not the last episode they filmed, whatever the situation was, it was the the first it it was the one they filmed subsequent to finding out that the series had been canceled. So this was, if not the final swan song, it was the, if, if it was the last episode filmed, if it was not that it was that this was the first time they knew that there was no coming back from this. Right. So everyone I think was a little more morose about it. And knowing that made Tracy's funeral in the end, a lot more surreal for me. I, I agree with you that in and of itself, I don't think it stands up that terribly well, but particularly the funeral at the end was really, really sad because this is the end of the show as far as the cast is concerned. You know, even if they recorded one or two more episodes after this, and again, I apologize, I don't know the timeline exactly. IMDB states that this is the last episode in the season. Mm-hmm. So this may have been the final episode that aired. Okay. Yeah, maybe maybe it was. Uh, boy, that would have sucked. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. So either way, it, it it has a little bit more to it, I think. Than yeah, it was the final episode that aired because they do it by air date. Oh, here you go. Right, because they've got Train Job as number one, mm-hmm. Bushwax as number two, right? Yeah. So then, yeah, so it goes uh, episode eleven, Serenity. Wow. Episode twelve, Heart of Gold. Episode thirteen, Trash. Episode fourteen, The Message. From Wikipedia, the message was the last Firefly episode filmed, by which time the cast and crew knew that the show had been canceled. The final scene in which Serenity's crew returned Tracy's body to his family, marking an end to the former soldiers' journeys, therefore had an extra poignancy for them, which I thought was interesting. I think that we were supposed to get some amount of character development out of this, like when the the scared, poopless lieutenant in the war scene uh, he he's the one like off in the corner that's just scared and can't do anything. Uh, Mal says, I think it was Mal says, you heard the lieutenant give the order to join up with the 22nd. And Zoe says, I did. And Mal looks at Tracy, you heard the lieutenant too. And, and uh, I forget what Tracy says, but Mal says, it ain't me I'm worried about. It shouldn't be on the lieutenant's record. So in other words, the lieutenant had a bit of a crisis, a bit of a like, oh my God, what do I do? And Mal was quietly stepping in, taking charge in a way that he didn't want it to, he didn't want to get the credit for it. He wanted it to be okay he, for the for the lieutenant. 
you know, he didn't want a black mark on the lieutenant's record. Like it shows what a stand-up guy Mal is when he wants to be. Um, and there were a couple other things like the line about, uh, you know, we joined the war, never expecting we would come back. Turns out the re- it's the real world. I can't survive that Tracy said. I thought that was a clever line. There was some other character development that I don't, God, I can't remember off the top of my head where it was, but I think there was some of it, but I think it was ham fisted. And I just, I don't think this was one of the better episodes by any stretch of the imagination. It's a shame that many people, most people would have seen, well, many people would have seen this as the last episode because yeah. it, it didn't work. It's funny to me looking at this IMDb list that episode one was episode 11. Yeah. It's like, wow. I mean, you know, in a way I can kind of see why they did it because they clump a bunch of the war stuff together. Yeah, yeah. Right, so it's like, so if you're watching that in order, it just looks like a flashback of how did this crew become the crew that they became. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's what it looks like right because the crew is getting together for the first time like i'm not defending it but i can see how it it may have actually worked at the time because there are then flashbacks in subsequent episodes so like you're clumping all the flashbacks together um yeah but obviously it wasn't ideal but like i can see how there was some attempt at trying to weave a story together like in the original way that they had the episodes but yeah um I wouldn't say I disliked this episode. I just was kind of not... I was a little bit just bored of it. Like, it was just like, eh, whatever. Like, it just didn't really do it for me. So there are two episodes left, and I won't tell you which one is which, but one of them I think is my least favorite of the series, and one of which I really, really, really like. And we'll see, based on the next couple of episodes, if you agree with me or not, and we'll see what you think. And then I am already getting very excited to watch the movie because the show is is really great, but the movie as a capper is just phenomenal. So I'm I'm super excited to finish the last couple episodes and then uh, and then watch Serenity with you. So the next episode yeah. is number thirteen, Heart of Gold. Yeah, that will be a bit big, a bit of a bumper episode. Like we'll probably extend it for a bit longer, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the discussion of the movie. Uh, will take up the majority of an episode as opposed to being kind of like an end segment, just, just as a heads up. Yep, yep. All right, Mike, so I'll see you next week in the States. Is that how this works? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. All right, safe travels then. <laughs>